This podcast is a part of the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. Good morning. Welcome to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. Very, very, very happy to have you with us for at least a few minutes out of your day. Uh, hope we can give you some some information and uh, we'll even try to amuse you a little bit. We can, we can do that. Um, I'm very happy to have with me this morning the director of Vermilion County Emergency Management Agency, Russell Rudd. Good morning, Russ. Good morning. Andy. Thanks so much for being here. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Scoot on up a little bit to the microphone so there we, can, we, go. we can hear you. Um, so uh, EMA is an agency that's very dear to my heart. I spent, I don't know, I tried to figure that up. I think it's around 15, 16 years as a volunteer uh, with EMA. Back in the day, and I mean back in the day when it was first evolving, we're going to talk a little bit about the old days and how uh, how this agency today came to be because it's been an interesting evolution over the years. Um, and I am again, I'm so old. <laughs> I've been around since the since the civil defense days. So, um, but that's not what it is today. And we're going to talk about what it is and what it does, and why it's important to to our community. But first of all, let's find out about Russell Rudd. Who are you? How'd you get here? What's your background? How'd you get involved with this crazy business? Uh, well, actually, um, I grew up on the east side of Danville, uh, and then uh, left. Or my family left town, and I graduated from Hopson High School. And six days after graduation, I joined the Air Force, and was gone for thirteen years. Um, I finally came back and uh, worked briefly at WHPO up in Hoopston for like six months. But then I went to work for the Hoopston Police Department as a 911 dispatcher where I stayed for 28 years. Oh, wow. And then uh, opening come up with uh, emergency management down here, and Ted Fisher contacted me. And... Uh, so almost seven years ago, I came to work for Ted, and uh, I've been working and figuring everything out. And then um, I think it was in March or April of 2020, Ted retired, and I took over, and I've been there ever since. Why this? I mean, I I, I see the connection uh, certainly with 911, and that had to be its own experience. Um, because really 911 is the front line. And for many people that don't know that, uh, we actually do have two 911 um, outlets here in Vermilion County and the fact that Hoopston has its own dispatch. And Ho- then Hoopston has its own yeah. dispatch, although they do not handle 911 calls right. anymore. Oh, they don't? Okay. No, they don't. That, that all runs through Vermilion County. It all goes through, yeah, now. one central location. Well, that makes sense. Um, but... So why did you think you wanted to deal with the world of emergency management? I've always been uh, interested in emergency management. Um, When I was in the military, we were always preparing for, I mean, I was in during the Cold War. I mean, we were all waiting for the the balloon to go up and always preparing for stuff. And I always found it fascinating. And uh, actually, when I first got out of the service, I did talk to 
the emergency manager at the time, Earl Rumbaugh, to see about a, a position, but he didn't have anything open at the no, time. No, he didn't. He'd, Although he gave, he it gave was a me, different world. He did give me a, quite a tour of yeah, their facility. I'm sure he did. And uh, so then, uh, I don't know, 28 years later, the opportunity again presented itself. Cool. And I was more than happy to jump yeah, in because yeah. I've always found it fascinating. For those people who don't know, explain what um, emergency management is today. We'll talk about the old days <laughs> later because we can reminisce for quite a while. But let's talk about what it is today because it plays an integral part of how we respond to situations as people, as citizens, um, mm -hmm. even more so than as an agency responding to a situation. So, Well, it Unlike the old days, their emergency management is no longer a first responder, as you will. Uh, we work uh, basically behind the scenes uh, supporting everybody else who's out there. Um, we come up with uh, plans and uh, preparations. Uh, we work with the various agencies to uh, see what kind of... Uh, things that they're going to need for any kind of disaster that comes along. And then we work more uh, with the state and uh, federal government to try to get them the information or equipment or details or whatever it is they're going to need to respond to help the people during a disaster. Uh, now, following the disaster, uh, we help coordinate with the state and the federal government when it comes to things like aid to come in. Although, you know, as people have found out quite a bit, there's not as much out there yeah. as they think there is. But uh, we still try to get the right people matched up with the right agencies to uh, help them after a disaster. But a good deal of, of what we do now is, is basically an educational type thing where we uh, speak to the public and different uh, civic groups and stuff. And we want people to become more self-prepared for disasters because um, the government's not always going to no. be there. And it all depends on the size of the disaster. We always say if, if it's a small localized type disaster like a tornado or a large fire or anything of that nature it's more localized and you can get help from anybody outside that area you can get all the help in the world but when you have a more widespread disaster where there are more people needing help there's not as much help out there and you're because everybody needs it because everybody needs it and there's only a limited amount of it yeah and so we try to uh, reinforce to people that you may be on your own for a while. Um, FEMA used to advise people to have three days worth of emergency supplies. Well, that three days has grown to two weeks. I was just going to say, I was going to ask you that because I remember preaching that about three days. Yeah, People, that, you have to have enough for three days. I bet that's not the case. That's not, not the case really. anymore. They, they want you to have at least two weeks and preferably a month if you can do it. And uh, because there's no guarantees when help is going to finally get to you and help you out. That's right. And that's one of the things, like I said, back when I was still with 
still a volunteer with the with the agency. That's one of the things we were preaching then, is trying to get people to understand that if something happens, nobody's coming to save you, or if they're coming, they won't be there for a while. So you have to be able to survive. And we've had enough disasters in this community over the years to to finally get people to start realizing. Yeah, I probably do need to have that bottle of water and some granola bars and some backup and all of that. And it's a, you know, that's a pretty general um, thing that you know you try to remind people about. We we that's the same thing we do for in the winter when when people are when we have to worry about snow and going mm-hmm. out on the highway. It's like, for God's sakes, be prepared. You know, you got to take responsibility because it's gonna take a while for anybody to get to you. To help you. It takes time. Exactly. Uh, we're going to go to break. When we come back, want to talk a little bit about some of the planning you do behind the scenes because you've been very much a part of some of the things that have been going on uh, recently in, in the community, and we will do that in just a moment on Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. 1490 WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio this morning. So very happy to have you with us as we talk to Russell Rudd, who is the director of Vermilion County Emergency Management Agency. Uh, Again, an agency that I spent uh, about 15, 16 years volunteering with. I learned, oh my gosh, I learned so much. Uh, Such an interesting experience. Um, And I'm so grateful for everything that I that I learned and everything that I, I got to do, which was always interesting. It, you just never knew. Uh, and I got I got to see the agency back when it was at its origins as a civil defense agency and Colonel Earl Rumbaugh was in charge. And then as it evolved under different leadership and became more, for a while, a first responder agency, which was never a particularly good fit, but... no. Not for lack of trying. (laughs) Um, And then finally has evolved into what it really needs to do, which is critically important uh, to the community as a whole, and that's planning and preparation. And so Russell has worked very hard on, uh, and his agency has worked very hard on local events. So so let's start with balloons. You, You were integral with getting that set up and safe for the people. Right. We were contacted by the uh, balloons over a million people, and uh, they have requirements. The uh, yes, FAA, the FAA. and yeah. everybody has requirements for things that they need to have. And so we worked and put together an emergency action plan for them, uh, went through all the details and everything. Then they were required to have a tabletop exercise which we put together and we had all the uh you know law enforcement fire and medical and uh airport personnel had everybody there for the tabletop went through some various scenarios so that you know if there was going to be an emergency everybody knew what everybody else was going to take care of and it came off without a hitch except for the rain well, the second day. <laughs> yeah. Which unfortunately you have no control over. I have no control over that. But uh it went off very well. They had a great crowd and yeah. uh everything it's, worked great. It's interesting when we talk about planning and preparation, so often that is dismissed as 
being it's just a waste of time. We'll all figure it out as we do it. But I, I really do think as our world has evolved, we're starting to understand more and more the critical importance of doing that planning. And I speak from experience, both with EMA and with the balloon event, because I've written those plans in the past, and I know how involved they are because it's a what-if exercise. Mm -hmm. And you have to think in terms of if 30,000 people are standing at the Vermilion County Airport and this happens, what if? And where do we go and, and what do we do? And if you don't know that on the front end, Woo, you can have a real cluster. It, um, you really need to plan for the what-ifs because if nothing happens and it all goes sure. smooth, nobody thinks about it. But all it takes is one minute, one second for something to happen, and then all of a sudden it's total chaos. And if you don't plan and prepare for something like that, you're not going to be able to handle it efficiently, and people are going to get hurt. They are. And so we run through various scenarios to make sure that everybody knows what everybody's going to do in a given situation to make sure that everybody is safe. You've also been very um, integral in the planning and preparation that Melissa Rome has done at the health department uh, throughout COVID. And that may not make a lot of sense to anybody because you're an emergency response agency, theoretically. Rather not you are, but, but it's but your your emergency management. So so why would you be involved in planning for COVID COVID, but you actually have played a main part in, in helping her get through all of that, bringing everybody together? Well, it was actually funny because for the two years prior to COVID starting me and Melissa had got together, and we were doing exercises on a fictional pandemic situation. Yes, yes. And as per public health. <laughs> as per, you know, our requirements for both of our mean, agencies. Yeah, exactly. And then we had this full-scale exercise all planned out, and then the month before, COVID hit. So it was like, okay. So we we sat down, and uh, at the beginning of the COVID, I mean, me and Melissa were talking on a daily basis. Sure. And we sat down, and we decided who was going to handle what streams, because this was basically a, a public health crisis. It was. It, it was, and it remains, and I will emphasize that again. This is public health. It's not rights. It's not arguments. It's not political junk. And it's public health. It's public health. And so, obviously, they got the lead. They take care of this. But emergency management's job is to support everybody, it be it public health, sheriff's department, fire departments, who have you. So me and Melissa sat down and decided, you know, what she needed from me, what we were going to take care of. And although it's lasted much longer than we expected, um, I would say – Emergency management is the focal point of each county for receiving equipment and supplies from the state and federal government. And I'd say in the last 18 months that uh, our local EMA has probably distributed somewhere in ex excess of over half a million pieces of protective equipment to law enforcement, fire departments, EMS, 
nursing homes, schools, um, the coroner's office, the jail. I mean, it was getting so we were getting truckloads of masks, gloves, hand sanitizer, face shields, gowns. They were they were coming in every other day yeah. uh, down at our facility, and then we would have to contact and distribute stuff to everybody who needed it. Yeah, we started a little of that with, with H1N1 when I was still at the health department. It started there. That's where that close uh, cooperation and that, that assistance in planning like uh, uh, vaccination clinics and things like that um, so it's it's evolved over time, and you you certainly took it to a a new level with all the challenges that you faced. We're going to have to go to break again. Be back in just a second to Newsmakers fourteen ninety WDAN fourteen ninety WDAN. Welcome back to Newsmakers 1490 WDAN. Linda Bolton in the studio with Vermilion County Emergency Management Agency Director Russell Rudd. And we are catching up. Uh, I, was a, I was a volunteer for many, many years with EMA in its other uh, evolution. And now it's, it's a different kind of um, uh, agency. It is not as much a first responder as it is a planner, planner and preparer. And, you know... Um, Russ, when you look back, again, I can remember when Colonel Rumbaugh was running things, and it really was a civil defense agency. Explain that a little bit, how it evolved out of that. Well, when it first started, it was called civil defense. And when you get to be our age, you remember walking walking past the buildings that had the the signs that said fallout shelter, and it was civil defense's job back then to make sure that uh, there were well, enough fallout shelters, that there was food, and you, water. And you'd see these old movies or these old film newsreels where, you know, the siren would go off and everybody would grab their little pit helmet and go out exactly. and save the world, you know. I mean, <laughs> it was very cool. <laughs> uh, exactly. And, you know, that was all during the Cold War era. I mean, that's why we have sirens out here today is because those were initially not for tornadoes. Those were for nuclear attack. That's what they were designed for. Um, But over the years, um, once the Cold War ended, and then uh, EMA or FEMA now uh, had to change their mission because they didn't really have that mission anymore. So that's when it evolved uh, mainly in the 80s and 90s. Uh, it started handling more natural disasters, uh, your tornadoes, your hurricanes, your floods. Uh, FEMA started getting involved in that, and as it goes to, uh, downhill, then the EMAs worked with the same thing. But over the years, uh, they they were still trying to be a first responder type thing. <laughs> trying hard. Trying hard. <laughs> Some of us who were there know how hard that was. <laughs> but uh, it actually isn't their job. No, I mean, really law enforcement, fire, and uh, EMS 
you know, they're the first responders. EMA supports the first responders. We are here to support them. We're, we're yeah. not here to do their job. You know, they're more than capable of taking care of it. Trust me, I heard that, that argument more than once <laughs> over the years between various people. <laughs> so, I mean, we're here to uh, work behind the scenes, help them, and uh, whatever they need. If they need resources that they don't have, then... We can go to the state or we can go to the federal government and we can try to get them what they need to help them do their job. Do you still do as much with, uh, and we're about out of time, of course, so you're going to have to come back. Do you still do as much with weather stuff? Uh, we still do. Uh, actually, some of the few volunteers we still have are our weather spotters. Okay. Uh, we still take care of uh, setting the sirens off. Uh, Although everything is so automated anymore, um, when it comes to like storm warnings and stuff like that, uh, oh we, we have apps for that. Since everybody, it's everywhere. <laughs> everybody has a They're cell phone. They're inundating me with, with warnings. And, oh, on my phone, if there is a I know. storm warning, I, I get like 14 different notifications. Well, and one point uh, probably should make before we have to get out of here, it's still still relevant we we rely on those sirens to some extent not as much now with all the apps that people have because that's probably the first place they're going to get those warnings because i've got ema coming to my phone immediately you know and most but, people do but yeah. those sirens really were always meant to be for outside warning and i think that's exactly. where we've had some confusion over the years people thought it was for general war it's not if you're outside that's your warning it's if you're inside to, you're not going to necessarily it, hear it it they're there to tell you to go inside yeah. and figure out what's going on so so one of the things you're still trying to impress people on is the fact that they do have to be ready uh the yo-yo effect is is very real you're on your own and you have to be ready so you have to prepare you know it's always best as the old saying goes prepare for the worst hope for the best yep. and that's what we try to get across to people because you know it's one thing to lose power for a couple of hours because of a storm it's another thing to lose power for three or four weeks well even a week is not good as we all learned a few years ago exactly uh, we've been through those experiences we lost water we lost power we know what those things are like, and it's not a pleasant experience. It, it isn't. And the, the more ready you can be, the, the better prepared the better you, you are. are. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so you're not doing as much with volunteers now, right? Uh, no, because they, they used I mean, they used to have their own hazmat team. Sure, sure. search yeah. and rescue and They're stuff. They're busy bees, yeah. But those, those functions are actually. Bless you, Derek. <laughs> Taken by, uh, you know, the law enforcement and fire departments are supposed to be doing them anyway. Yeah. So we have a few volunteers and, and, uh, but if you want to know more about the agency, you know, give Russell a call and, uh, find out about it. Sure. You're located now. We are over at the in, coroner's in, office. Is that where no, are you? No, we were in the basement of the Vermilion County administration. You are in now. the admin building. Okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Well, yeah. So, you know, give him a call. What's your phone number? Uh, our phone Not number is 443-6012, or people can email me at ema at vercounty.org. And you can go to their website? We have a website, uh, actually, new website. It's got some great preparation stuff on it. There you go. There. What's, the, what's the address? What's the... That is vercounty.org. 
dot org slash emergency. I bet you can get there too management. if you just go to Vermilion County's if you go website, to the you can Vermilion probably get directed website, from there. You'll okay. find us. Thank you. Come join us again. I'd be more than happy to. Hey, be with us tomorrow back in the studio with Nathan Lindstra, who runs the Hope Center at Fair Oaks. We got we got a lot to talk about with our kids, so join us tomorrow if you can, right here on Newsmakers fourteen ninety, WDAN. I'm Linda Bolton. Danville's Talk Station, 1490 WDAN Danville, W284DD Danville, and online at vermilioncountyfirst.com. You've been listening to the Newhoff Media Podcast Network. For more, visit newhoffmedia.com.